Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. If you uh, have a Bible, why don't you uh, turn with me to Romans and we're going to go to uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. Today, if you are um, not aware of it, today is what we call our miracle prayer service. And uh, this is um, a way in which we end the fast and begin the, the year by praying, uh, praying for everybody. Um, if you would like us to, we lay hands on uh, myself and the, the pastors and the team and staff, we lay hands on every person here. And um, it's, it's not, you know, we don't have like special pastoral fairy dust that we sprinkle on you. Um, but what it is, is it's symbolic of us partnering with you, our faith with your faith um, for a, a, uh, what God is, what we believe God has for you for this year in 2023. And, uh, and it's, an, it's an awesome time. And I know many of you have brought different perhaps photos of loved ones that you're praying for and believing for. And many of you are gonna come through the prayer line with various different needs, whether it is needs in your business, in your, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in, in your own, you know, in your own life. And uh, we're gonna bring essentially these, these needs and we present them before God and we give them to God. I, um, this week I was reminded of this, this thought. It was, it was part of a verse that I stumbled on um, a couple of weeks ago when I was preparing for a different sermon. And, uh, and it's Romans chapter one and verse one. And the, the, the word that, that, that struck me and stuck out to me and I wrote it down off to the side is where Paul introducing himself and he calls himself and refers to himself as a bond servant. And, and you can see on the screen, he, he says, I, Paul, a bondservant. And bondservant means, you know, pretty much what you think it means. It's a slave, it's a servant. What's well, a servant? Somebody who's there to serve. And I wrote it down. And, and um, what I wrote down um, on, on the side of my notes, I wrote down um, servant and then I wrote down the word master. And so it came to my mind this week um, while I was praying that that word, bondservant. And I was so challenged by it because Paul introduces himself and refers to his relationship with God, the way he views his, his relationship with God and the way he relates to God. Speaking of himself, he says, I relate to God as though I'm a servant. I'm there to serve Him. And like I sat there in that for a minute and, and it struck me and I was so challenged. As, as I considered my own prayer life and, and what can at times motivate my prayer life, motivate my worship, motivate my Bible reading, and I was challenged with the thought because as I considered my own walk with the Lord and the way I relate to the Lord, I found that I don't really relate to Him always in the capacity of a servant. 
I more relate to him at times, I hate to say, but like, like I'm the master and he's the servant. And I start to think about like the way I pray and our prayer list. And I start to think about what motivates us to worship. And I started to think about how often, if I'm to be real honest, my motivation more is not what I come to give, but what I want to get. That if I worship Him, then I'll feel better. and It'll help me. And if I worship hard enough, I might get my breakthrough. And if I pray enough, and, and if I pray over my finances, then I might get more. And if I speak the word over my business, then, then my, I might get more deals. And, and I started going through and I realised how dysfunctional it is to relate to God motivated by what I'm going to get rather than by what I come to give. And it's confusing because we, we understand, as I shared the other week, that He doesn't want us to remain as servants. He wants His goal is that we would become friends. And so I thought, well, how does that work? And then I thought, how unhealthy would a friendship be? If I was only in the friendship or the relationship, you view it as a friendship or even in your marriage, whatever it may be, how dysfunctional would that be if the only reason you were there was based upon what you could get? You're not gonna have many friends and you'll have a screwed up marriage because we understand that that the true relationships are formed not based on what we can get, but they're based on what we can give. But too often I view God like He's this genie in a bottle that if I rub the bottle with a bit of prayer and a bit of worship and a bit of praise, He will pop out and do what I want. And then we sprinkle it with a little bit of, oh, and at the end, I'll give you all the glory. And I was looking at it and I thought, I thought to myself, I thought, that's so messed up. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I want to do, I, I want to be a servant. I, I want to flip the, the script. I, I want to be the servant and I want you to be the master in my life, in every area of my life. That I'm not here to do my will, I'm here to do yours. It's your will in my relationships, it's your will in my finances, it's your will in my business. Lord, what do you want from me? And so I started to think about that as, as a bit of a thought what does God want? Have you ever asked that of God? God, what do you want from me? If I'm the servant and He's the master, that's a great question. What can I 
God, what can I do for you? I'm ashamed to say I haven't asked Him. I don't ask Him that enough. What can I do for you? And it's challenging because we know, what does God need from me? We know that He doesn't need anything, I'm sorry. So, so what does He need from me? What does, what does God want from us? And, and you know, there's a number of different answers that you know, we could come up with that they would all, in a sense, be right. We could say that He wants our faith or He wants our heart, He wants relationship, He wants our willingness, He wants our honesty. He wants our praise, all of these things. And then they would be all right. But the verse that struck me was David. And David said this in Psalms and put it on the screen. He said, those who ascend the hill of the Lord, who stand in the holy place. This is speaking of this place of intimate relationship where God's presence is. Those who come and do that, the ones that will get close are the ones that, and the, verse, the next verse, put it up, verse four. That come to Him with what? Clean hands and a pure heart. And then I thought, that's my answer. God, what do you want? He wants clean hands and pure heart. If you look at what the word clean means, one of the interpretations for the word clean is it means empty, empty hands. Empty hands. And one of the interpretations for the word pure means sincere. What's sincere? Sincere is real. Real. I was so glad. I was so glad when I saw that because I felt so much better because I thought, God, how am I going to come to You with like a clean heart? Because my heart is screwed up sometimes. And sometimes things get in my heart and I'm so ashamed to say that, that, that pride can get into my heart and I don't know what to do with that. And He said, don't read it again. I didn't ask for You to come to me with a clean heart. I said, clean hands and a real heart. And He says, a real heart is when you come to me being honest about what's in there. Because He says, it's not your job to get your heart fixed and clean and fixed. You cannot do that. I can only do that, but I'll only work with honest people. And I can only work with what you give me. And when you come to me and you're honest about your heart and you're empty with your hands, that's what the Master needs. Clean hands and real hearts. That's, that's my, little, my little thought. that this year it's gonna go over and over in my mind this year. And I pray it does with you too. Empty hands and real hearts.
that, that I don't want this year us to come before God trying to pretend to be something that we're not. And I don't want us to come before God with this facade that's not real. I want us to come before God with a heart that says, God, this, this is me. I've got stuff in here that, Lord, I need You to deal with. But I also want us to come to Him with hands that are open. Where, where we live in this space where every need that we have, we present it to Him like this. And we say, God, will you take this and do whatever it is that you want to do with it? Will you take my family? Will you take my kids? Will you take the business, the marriage, the finances? I'm, I'm holding everything that you've given me so loosely. I'm going to hold it with open hands. Just saying, God, this is yours anyway. Would you take it so that my hands are always empty? We're great at bringing God broken things, aren't we? I'm good at bringing God broken things. More often than not, when we when we come to fast throughout the year, when you if 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 you come to this space where, you know, you say, I'm going to really fast and I'm going to pray. More often than not, we're motivated to fast and pray because of broken things. We're very good at bringing God broken things, whether it's a broken area of your own life, whether it's broken relationships, broken businesses, broken situations that we're good at bringing God broken things. And, and, and it's not a bad thing to bring God broken things because God is great and He's graceful and He receives our broken things and, and He mends them. But, but what we've done is I think we've, we can get so... Uh, we can fall into this, this, this pattern of always being motivated by, by, by broken things in our life to produce this hunger for God to move. And we get so passionate and we come and we bring God the broken thing and we say, God, this is, this is what I have and it's broken. It's the marriage and it's broken and it's my kids and it's broken and it's the finances and it's broken and it's a business and it's broken. And I give it to You and God in His goodness and His faithfulness, He comes and what does He do? He fixes it. And we go, God, thank You so much. And then we go back and instead of keeping our hands open, with what is fixed, you know what we do? We grab it and we hold it tight like it's ours. And, th and then we hold what we have because we're so scared of losing it. And now we're motivated by fear. And, and now we start to control our kids and, and manipulate our spouse and allow Greed to consume us pertaining to our business and our finances and our own selfish ambition. And we keep all of these things really tight and we squeeze them tight. We don't live with open hands. 
And a great way to break something is to hold it too tight. And we hold it too tight and we mess it up again. And then you know what we do? We come back to God and we say, God, it's broken. We fix it. And He says, all right, because of His grace and His goodness, and He touches it. And He does something that we don't deserve because we screwed it up in our own mismanagement and our own selfish ambition and our own desires and and need to control, we screw it up, we bring it to Him and say, God, we touch my marriage again, even though it was my own pride and my own selfishness, will You touch it? And will You move in my kids, even though it was my own manipulation, trying to control my kids, even though, God, will You touch it again? And He says, yes, I'll touch it and I'll fix it. And then you know what? He fixes that and we take it back again and then we go. And we live our Christian life only allowing God to operate in the capacity of a fixer in our lives. And God doesn't just wanna fix you. God wants to fill you. Fill you to overflowing. Because we won't trust Him to live lives with open hands, we keep breaking what He blesses us with and we live with this relationship with Him like He's a fixer and yes, He's good and yes, He fixes things, but He wants to do something so much greater in your life than just fix the broken stuff. He wants to, if we live with open hands, Take the stuff that's not even broken and bless it even more. Because if we can allow Him to bless it even more, we live in this space where we're so mindful and we're so careful And we steward so perfectly and so well with a fear of God, everything that is given to us because we know it's not ours and it's not given to me to keep and to close and to tighten. It's given to me to offer to Him and say, God, I wanna live with open hands. Open hands. Two weeks ago, I was, I was praying and, and uh, there were some things that I was praying for with my finances. And there's things that, different areas pertain to my finances that I just needed to like clean up and catch up in. And, and I was actually praying that to God, you know, I was like, God, I just, I just pray over these that you would help me fix these different areas of, of, of my finances and help me to catch up and get things in order. And, and I, I felt like the Holy Spirit just look at me and just be like, really? 
And I was like, yeah, <laughs> if that's okay. Like, And I actually felt like he was so disappointed with what I was praying. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I'm just asking you to like, fix my finances, what's the big deal, you know? Like, can't you just do that? <laughs> Why you gotta be like that with me, you know? Like, and I feel like the Holy Spirit say, is that, is that what you want? You think I'm a catch up God? You want me to just catch up your finances? I was like, I mean, Oh, I guess. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what about this? Why don't you pray and ask me for a kingship anointing? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I've always seen, I, I operate in, in the capacity of, of a priest. And I've seen a kingship anointing as being what, what business people carry and operate in. And I, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, why don't you just pray and, and ask for kingship anointing? And you've got a priestly anointing. Why don't you ask for kingship anointing and why don't you just operate in both? And I thought, that's a great idea. funny that, that God would come up with a good idea, you know. And so I just pray and I said, Lord, I just pray that you would just release a kingship anointing over me and, and over my finances. He challenged me in that space. What he was doing is he was challenging me to end the cycle of just believing that He would fix things and go beyond in your faith, beyond just believing for Him to fix things and, and start to believe that what He used to have to fix in your life, you would operate with hands that are so empty that He can take what He used to fix and now fill it to overflow above and beyond. And so I prayed and I said, God, I pray that you give me a, a kingship anointing. At the end of the week, so this was last week, end of last week, I go to a uh, conference. Friends was hosting a conference, a pastor. And so I went to his conference just to support him. And, and the conference was there and, and I was there and it was awesome. And, and uh, I le I'm leaving the conference. I'm going to my car. I'm in the parking lot on my way to the car. And people are all heading to their cars. And this gentleman walks up to me. And uh, he says, excuse me. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, I just saw you walking and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I said, okay. And he said, do you mind if I pray for you? I said, sure. And he said, I'm a businessman. And he said, I'm the CEO of a $100 million company. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, walk up to him and pray over him and release a kingship anointing over his life. Wow. 
So I said, yes, please. He prays. And he prays that that God would release the kingship anointing. And he finishes praying and he said, while I was praying, God told me something else. And I said, what? And he said, God told me to give you this. And he takes the Rolex off his wrist and he puts in my hand at 2000, what I find out later, because I had to look it up, I didn't have a clue. A 2001 Submariner Rolex. And it hits my hand. And, and, and I knew it was a good watch because I could tell by the weight of it. <laughs> but it wasn't just the weight of the watch that hit me. Because if you know me, I, don't, I honestly don't care. It was the weight of what God was saying that impacted me in much greater way. That He said, Ben, please, please stop asking me to fix things. Because that's my bare minimum of what I'm able to do. And you insult me when you just keep coming to me. Because I'm not a fixer, I'm a creator. And a creator, a creator can fix things, yes. But there's this box that we put Him in. But He's trying to stretch our faith and our willingness to say, God, would You trust me with greater? Not so that I can squeeze it and keep it to me, but so that I can live with hands that are open, hands that are empty, saying, God, everything that I have, it belongs to You. And then I would so, because when you walk like this, you know what you do when you're, when you're holding things in your hand that are precious, you walk so slow. Because remember, I'm gonna walk slower this year. Now you walk so slow, you're so careful. And some of you, God, He's given you influence, but you spoil it because you grab it and you take off running in your own ambition. And look at me and look what I've done and look what you're moving too quick. You've got to take what's given you and say, dear God, every moment, every door that opens before me, I don't open on my own. God did it. God did it. Lord, you would listen, you would so value and cherish your spouse and treat your spouse the way they're supposed to be treated if you held them like this. My God, I can't believe, Lord, that you've given me this. 
Men, do you wake up in the morning and say, God, I am so grateful for my wife. You're not that good looking, bro. You didn't get her on your own. I hate to burst your bubble. Botox is not helping you that much. Well, you can tell. You didn't get it on your own because you knew how to talk sweet. You got her because God gave her to you. And you'll spoil it. You will spoil it if you take that for granted. The business, the kids, the blessing. Every relationship, Philly, every person He puts you with. I was thinking of you in worship. Every conversation that you get. Every celebrity that you are around. You keep it like this and you say, God, use me. God, God, order my conversation. God, anoint me. Put a weight upon my words that's from heaven. You steward it. That's what He wants. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.